0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams. who has got it! DJ Moore has a pass to...
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Roto-Biz Overtime on roto Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always I am joined by Sean Siegel. Of course you can find out all of Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com, and of course you can find other great work by Sean in the roto Rookie Guide, which we'll be talking about quite a bit on this week's shows. We'll be touching on it a little bit today, and we'll be diving into it on the Thursday episode as well. Sean, I guess we had my commiserations last week. I guess we have to have commiserations to you. I see you're you're still repping the, uh, the KC Chiefs hat, and I think that's always important. It can be tough sometimes after those losses to uh, still put on, you know, your your hoodie or your hat, or that you know, with as much passion inside. But it definitely is a, a good sign that it's still there. Obviously, the the Cincinnati Bengals getting the win in Arrowhead against the Chiefs, winning with that field goal in overtime. I know you and Ben did talk about it on. Uh, stealing bananas there's a bonus edition that did come out on monday this week so after the, you listen to this show head back check that out if you haven't already always fantastic stuff with sean and ben and i always know if i get a an email on a, a monday or a day there's not a recording scheduled and i hear you know see those words what about if we do a bonus show have you time to edit it and i'm always thinking there's gonna be this is gonna be a good one <laughs> you don't want to turn those down so head back and listen if you haven't already but sean the Chiefs got out to a, a blistering start in this one, it looked like they were going to run away with it. And then, obviously, we've we've seen it at the time, we've seen it back down near the goal line at the end of the first half. Tyreek Hill gets stopped there. They have no timeouts. And then in the second half, obviously, we see the, the Bengals work themselves back into it and um, get it to overtime and um, then pick up the W. As much as we have rooted for Cincinnati this season, as much as we we like the Bengals, Joe Burrow, John Chase, and, and T. Higgins, and so on, I know this wasn't the outcome you were hoping for, so I have to offer my commiserations. We wanted a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl. We've got a Bengals-Rams Super Bowl, so we, we didn't get this one right.
2: No, but it, it's going to be a great Super Bowl, and as much as Joe Burrow did for us in fantasy this year, perhaps we should have. Expected him to also come through for his reality team, get the Bengals to the big game. They have a very well balanced team. They ran the ball in this game more than they should have. I was actually rooting for the Bengals a little bit when they got down 21 to 3 to get some of those fantasy points. I was sort of hoping for a shootout in this game, which didn't exactly transpire, right? I mean, the second half. The Bengals' comeback uh, was both torturous and boring in its own way. They continued to use Joe Mixon. They continued to kick field goals. So we didn't get the huge Bengals points. We didn't get really anything from the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half. This Bengals team has a very, very good defense, especially once they make some of their in-game adjustments. And I think they will be able to slow down, The Rams, right? I mean, you're going to have some points scored in this game. I would expect it to be in the 20s, but we watched as the Rams struggle to score against an elite 49ers defense. I think they will struggle again in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the Bengals should be solid favorites here. We know that the Rams are going to have some advantages in terms of where this game is played. And yet, Burrow, I think you can count on a little bit more than Matthew Stafford. Now, when you look at the pass rush that both teams are going to face, And when you consider what the offensive line play is still like for Cincinnati, and that's the last area the Bengals will really look to shore up in the offseason. But they've been using Mixon a little bit. They used P. Ryan in this game. He was the one who kind of broke free and got things going for the Bengals. Uh, He has had some kind of key receiving mistakes in recent games. But P. Ryan, really the one who... Uh, you could say won this game for him if he doesn't make a nice play on that screen pass and get that touchdown back when it looked like they were perhaps going to have to punt again. And, you know, if the Chiefs had the ball up 21 to 3 on that last drive with the ball to start the second half, I mean, you could pretty much say the game is over. I mean, he, P. Ryan needed to score there. He did. They've got some good balance here. They struggled against the Titans. They are going to struggle against guys like Aaron Donald and Von Miller in the Super Bowl. Maybe those guys will get some of the key sacks. We saw the Chiefs defenders close and fail to bring Burrow down at some key moments in the game. That element of it will come into play, will be important for the Bengals. They're going to have to have Boyd on some quick hitters. There were a couple of drives in that game where they used him a little bit. But still, I think he's got to make a bigger impact in the Super Bowl than he's made in the postseason thus far. We did see Chase and Higgins kind of do their dynamic duo approach in this one Higgins with the yards Chase with the big touchdown they put up similar numbers of fantasy points for people who were kind of tracking them in the big playoff contests and now you know if you look at some of these leaderboards it's sort of Mixon versus Chase when it comes down to how people are going to finish now I haven't checked too closely but if Burrow can come through with the massive game in the Super Bowl with the double points in the FFPC contest, and that obviously is going to come into play. We watched him do that in Week 16 and 17 so that we know that he can, and... Uh, you could argue that if the Bengals are going to win this one, they're going to need some a little bit of that rushing value from Burrow. They're going to need a balanced and yet explosive attack from these wide receivers. You know, maybe they need both Chase and Higgins to put up 30-point fantasy games, which in that context is probably going to leave Burrow in that 40-point range that we've seen him do before. Tough against this Rams defense. It was tough against the Chiefs defense. I mean, one of the things that was so surprising about this is that the Chiefs defense more or less held up. They did not collapse in the second half and let the Bengals come roaring back. It really was an offensive failure, and that's not what you were expecting to see in this game. Tough, but yet at the same time, I mean, this is going to be a great Super Bowl. So many good stories, and for Joe Burrow and the Bengals to start kind of writing their story at this point, it's just fantastic, right? We've got this group of young quarterbacks in the AFC and like I mentioned yesterday, I really feel like we're heading for a golden age in the NFL. People who are NFL fans are fantasy fans. I just think you have so much to look forward to in this decade. It's going to be just an amazing time to be a fan of the league and an amazing time to be a fantasy football player.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you you mentioned and we'll touch on it towards the end of the show the young players coming into the league and obviously there's kind of a change into the guard with some of these, you know, you have in the uh, NFC and the AFC, I guess, former AFC quarterback and Tom Brady announces his retirement today. And I, I know it was kind of announced at the weekend, but it's been confirmed today uh, as we record this on Tuesday. And you've Ben Roethlisberger drew Brees retired last year. Phillip rivers is out of the league. And then you have the young hot uh, kind of commodities and the likes of Herbert and Burrow and uh, Allen. And, you know, it's just, incredible stuff and if you had have said what way this game would play out and how it would work out I don't think we would have thought it would be down to the failings of the offense particularly in the second half with how good they looked early on but yeah uh, amazing win for the Bengals and I think even the the most diehard Bengals fans will be saying that this is a couple of years ahead of schedule um, from when Borough ca- came in I think I seen I think it might have been six wins over the last two seasons combined and then we get into the playoffs they have a midseason dip this year and then Things are working and even in these games uh, i was sending some tweets during the game back and forth with some people on on twitter and you know the the percentage are running on first down and how ineffective they were running the ball at times and they kind of stuck with it and stuck with it and uh they they did manage to get over the line now one thing we don't talk much about kickers on this podcast sean but Bengals kicker uh has just absolute nerves of steel at this point uh, no doubts i know mason crosby went through um some struggles for the Packers this season, but Evan McPherson uh, is rolling out. And if I do remember correctly, the game the Packers won in overtime against the Bengals this year, I believe that both kickers missed kicks a few times in that game as it seemed to go on forever. But really uh, interesting game. And it is amazing how these games play out and in hindsight, how things play out. And then a lot of these things will be forgotten about, you know, when it comes to who wins the Super Bowl, for example, in that Rams 49ers game, if the Rams go on to win the Super Bowl, the kind of failed interception, I guess we call it on, I don't even know what type of pass Matthew Stafford was attempting, um, or it's dropped, you know, a chance to see the game and how these moments change, Uh, and again, like the uh, attempt for the touchdown for the Chiefs um when Mahomes went to hell there towards the end of the the first half so interesting storylines um to play out but um Sean I mentioned there the the Rams and the the 49ers another game where team luck to be kind of in control and um let that lead slip in the the fourth quarter but we've seen a couple of times this year we haven't really seen it all that many times before but the interception from Jimmy Garoppolo to seal the game that kind of interception we've seen Kyler Murray have one of them a couple of weeks ago and we've seen uh, Carson Wentz kind of start off the trend probably not something that quarterbacks want to have come in but we've started to see more and more quarterbacks have that panicked interception where they're kind of just flinging it off but not one that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to want to see not one those other quarterbacks are going to want to see but overall in this game do you think No, in terms of our expectations heading into it did the the right team come away here with the the win or do you think that the the 49ers really let this one slip through um at that point?
2: Well once you're up by 10 late you you feel like you've got to to finish and we talk about the Chiefs-Bengals game being over but frankly you know they're just up 11 at halftime whereas the 49ers are up 10 points you know in the fourth quarter there and you, you just have to be more aggressive and I think that this is a situation where sometimes the team that's trailing has an advantage because they know and they're they're sort of forced into it. Now, part of this is just that once a team does come from behind, then in retrospect, we know that the team that was ahead should have been more aggressive. And, you know, it's easy to say and, and forget about all the times when those teams that were ahead did just go ahead and win. Right. But. Finishing off teams of this caliber is always going to be difficult. And so I don't know that we should necessarily criticize the teams for blowing the lead so much as praise the teams from coming for coming from behind. Right. I mean, these were excellent battles to get you know, back where they needed to be. And for Stafford to rally from that terrible pass and lead the rams to victory And you mentioned mcpherson it's kind of a situation there where he had that game with the packers where he missed those field goals and even celebrated prematurely on one where he thought he had won the game and in fact the kick had hooked you know just kind of as it crossed the uh the upright there and then they had to tell him no dude you he missed but instead of that causing a problem for him, he just comes back through the rest of the season is knocking down you know 50-plus yarders like they're nothing. It's not that just that he's accurate. He has a huge leg. And so that is a big weapon for a team to have in some of these types of games. It's just nice not to have one extra thing that you're worried about. If your kicker has a weaker leg or is inconsistent, then that's putting thoughts in the back of your mind about how do we have to play these games out. Now, I'm not probably... Be come a time where the Bengals are too conservative because they know they have this awesome kicker and don't go for enough, leave him with a a long field goal in a very important situation that he does miss. I mean, he's not going to be perfect for his career, but it is a big weapon to have. It's really cool to see him doing those things. You know, Garoppolo and the interception, some of these at the very end, you'd like to see the guys, you know, understand that the game is ending and i mean there's always this one in a thousand chance that will never happen if you're you you go down with the sack so i wouldn't necessarily worry about that one too much you'd love to see the competitiveness from garoppolo he's one of these guys not quite the same caliber arm obviously as matthew stafford but with so many teams looking for quarterbacks and you look at what he has done with the 49ers and contrast that with some of the other results that they have gotten when he's not been the quarterback over the last several years. And it's very clear. I think that he is a step up from guys like Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater. Now, maybe that goes without saying, but I think if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective and you're trying to figure out, you know, who could I get in superflex to try and build out a little bit of that depth? I'm pretty confident that Garoppolo is going to be a starter next season, right? And you're thinking, well, He wasn't that much of an impact player, even with an elite team like the 49ers, even with the weapons that he had this year. So I added my super flex roster. I'm still almost in that situation where if I have enough good players, you know, I might just play a regular skill position player in the super flex spot instead of him. It's going to depend a little bit on your format. We have some super flex formats where the quarterback scoring is neutralized a little bit just to make it a little bit more like a superflex as opposed to just a straightforward 2QB where it's just an absolute desperation. <laughs> you know, you could play somebody else on superflex, but but knowing you're going to up a lot of points. So it kind of depends on the scoring rules for your league. But I do think someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo, especially right now where we have so many quarterback situations sort of up in the air and or just, you know, if you look at a 12-team league, and you have everyone really wanting to get to three quarterbacks in order to feel comfortable that you can cover buys and then if you have an injury you're covering. We again every year we have a lot of quarterback injuries and partly you know you go down to the backups of some of these players you have people like taylor heinecke emerge and actually have pretty decent seasons playable seasons from a superflex perspective But when you're trying to figure out your offseason roster and trying to get to three, you know, we know that everybody can't do that, right? I mean, there aren't 36 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And so there's a real battle for these quarterback slots, especially if you're in leagues that have no caps and have, you know, one or two participants who maybe are rostering five, six, seven QBs, and then everybody is in just a, a disastrous situation otherwise. And so you're going to be looking at someone like a Garoppolo. And I think even looking at players like, you know, a like Cam Newton, if you think you can get a, t- a little bit of rushing there, Jameis Winston is someone who seems like, if, even if it's not with the, the Saints, and I don't think it will be, that he's someone who you'd be kind of hard pressed to think that he won't have a starting job. Teddy Bridgewater, is someone that I think could end up as a starter as well. And again, with a couple of those guys, you're thinking, I mean, really, even if they do start, they're probably not going to score a lot of fantasy points. But if you can get them more or less for free, if you can get them in leagues where people don't have enough roster spots and are going to more or less have to cut them, you know, go ahead and and put them at the back of your roster, see what happens
0: Hey, RotoViz fans, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRadio2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: That also leads us, column, into this question of where are we going to go with the rookies and one of the answers to that question is in the Road of His Rookie Guide, came out yesterday. A lot of excitement with this. Curtis, Travis, Dave, Blair, and the gang did a fantastic job. And a couple of really cool articles on quarterbacks written by Dave Cabin and Travis May looking at this position from a variety of angles. And even though this isn't an elite class, it's more where we have five or six guys kind of in the Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Herbert kind of mold. But when you think about it, I mean, Herbert was not someone that fantasy participants were confident in at the time when super flex drafts were going on, obviously Wilson and Jones controversial players at this time last year. And I wouldn't necessarily expect any of these guys to come out and be Justin Herbert. But when we look at Wilson and Mac Jones, One of those players actually had a very solid rookie season. Now, from a fantasy perspective, again, it's the question, you know, is he going to ever run enough to be a fantasy weapon? But he looks like he will be a good reality quarterback. And that's the first step. I mean, your guy has to be out there playing to score any points at all. And then Wilson's still kind of interesting. The Jets definitely are going to give him a second chance and a second chance probably with more weapons. And, you know, then you have some of those starts under your belt. You have that chance to emerge in year two once you have a little bit more experience and you're processing the game faster but the interesting thing here kind of in making some of those parallels is that this class well i think that they're very much up in the air like those guys they do bring the rushing part of it that mac jones doesn't necessarily and for that reason if any of them eventually emerge even as sort of middling NFL starters with the rushing ability they're going to be viable in fantasy so that gets us back to how relevant and how uh, exciting these guys are when we look at upcoming rookie drafts
1: yeah and that was a, a a masterful segue Sean into the rookie guide i must say as well I'm very very impressed um in terms though of off the rookie guide I mentioned we'll be diving into it throughout the week um I would recommend Listeners, head on over to rotowiz.com. You can order yourself a copy today. But uh, in terms of the work that Blair, Curtis, uh, Dave, Sean, yourself, obviously, and and Travis have put into this, uh, fantastic. And each year it's got better and better, but I have to say this one is looking uh, clean and crisp and a a really fantastic job all around. Sean, in terms of the overall guide, um, I'm going to let you kind of take the floor on it today, but anything that you think listeners head over, they buy it, where are they diving in first? What are you, what are you going to? You, I, I'm a person who likes to read from start to finish, and that's always my approach. But is there one piece that we would be jumping ahead to, to dive through?
2: Well, I, I like it because it covers you from a variety of angles and kind of whatever your thing is, I think you're going to be covered in this. We've got rankings for regular Dynasty formats and then rankings for the Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty format which many participants and listeners will know is a super flex tight end premium league. A huge percentage of startups at this point are going to that format. So it's really cool that the FFPC is offering that format, but then also uh, I think it's the key one for us to be covering here. It's always a lot of fun when quarterbacks are relevant and that makes your rookie draft deeper and a little bit flatter which you know I like. I don't think that it should necessarily be a case where you have two or three people co- competing for a title, and then you know six, seven, eight people tanking to try and get the number one pick. I, that just doesn't make your league any fun. When you have super flex, it balances out the different incentives, and it makes that you know first round enough deeper that you can go ahead and compete for a title, not make it, and still draft the key player who turns your team around. And so. Uh, I think from a fun perspective and from a competitive balance perspective, you should definitely be playing that. And so, we have you covered there with rankings, and then we have you covered with mock drafts where we did multiple drafts in both formats. And especially here with this Superflex tight end premium draft, we have three different ones where we went with different draft orders. And so, you'd have different participants perhaps taking someone else a little bit earlier, and to be able to see that in the Superflex element. So you, know, you can go in and, and look at the one, two, three, four, five, see how many quarterbacks are in there, see where the running backs fall. Uh, I, I've mentioned it a couple times that Ben and I have the 103 and the 104 in one of the drafts that we do. We actually have four first round picks in that league. But when you have the 103 and the 104, you're very interested in sort of like which players could potentially fall to you. And I don't necessarily know that. I think it's going to work out exactly this way. When I had the 102, I picked Brees Hall. He ended up falling behind a couple of elite wide receivers in the overall, which again, I don't think is necessarily surprising. Right now, there are projected to be no running backs in the first round of the reality draft and as many as seven wide receivers which gives you a little bit of a different feel for this class that has been fairly maligned when you compare it to last year's class or next year's class but seven wide receivers in the first round that's going to give you a chance to rebuild and get that depth that you need to fill out all of those fluxes we talk about winning the flex you want to win it through the wide receiver position so in that case you know you have some opportunities here we had qbs at the 103 and the 104 i won't spoil who those guys are But it might surprise some people. And then we did have another quarterback at the 108, and then another quarterback early in the second round. And that quarterback is definitely expected to be a first rounder in the reality draft. So you think about this draft that's supposedly pretty weak, and you have the potential. And again, a lot of things are going to change. If this particular player finishes as like the number six or number seven overall pick, then I don't think you're going to be able to get him at the 202. But that's part of the fun of it is to see kind of how we progress through it. So we have the rankings, we have the mock drafts, but then we get into the analysis and the analysis that the guys have done is really cool. We've got two quarterback articles, two running back articles, two wide receiver articles. And in each case, they look at the positions from some different angles, give you kind of a background for the types of metrics that you want to be looking at, how those metrics kind of fit together and interlock and then how the individual players in this class have performed in those metrics to give you a look at kind of where we're going at this. So to give you a little bit of a flavor here, starting off with our first rookie guide preview, talk about a little bit about what Dave Cabin did and what Travis May did for quarterback analysis. Dave is looking at three big metrics here For the QBs, career total yards per game, career total touchdowns per game, and single season max adjusted yards per attempt. So these are three of the main metrics that Dave has found to be predictive for the quarterback position. And one of the things that we do see is that Sam Howell from North Carolina really jumps out as being the top guy kind of across the board here. 97th percentile. In terms of total yards, 97th percentile in terms of total touchdowns, 96th percentile in terms of max adjusted yards per attempt. Those are going to be tops in all three categories. And then we know that Howell also had some big, big numbers as a rusher in his final season, right? So he brings this element of athleticism to the table. Uh, not incredibly tall, but a pretty thick guy. Someone who can probably, and you know we always have to put an asterisk by it until we actually see these guys at the NFL level, probably take a little bit of the pounding that you're going to get if you're a rushing quarterback in the NFL. Doesn't have the stature and the physical gifts necessarily of a Josh Allen, but sort of a Josh allen light type of player from that perspective. And it's interesting here, Colm, because... Howell is the guy that I've seen very consistently projected in the second round of reality drafts, projected behind Corral, projected behind Willis, projected behind Pickett. And yet in the last week, the mocks coming out have had him much higher. So we'll see how he does as he goes through the process. I think he's going to be a riser. I think that even though people were disappointed in his final season, I mean, his final season, he loses De'Ami Brown, you lose Daz Newsom, you lose both of those elite running backs in terms of Michael Carter and Javante Williams. And we know how the runners at least performed at the NFL level. Obviously, De'Ami Brown didn't do some of the things that we were hoping. But I think that he set himself up by being so good in 2020 for a little bit of a letdown in 2021. And that maybe is obscuring the fact that for most of the things that we want to see, he's still the best prospect. Now the scouts are going to have their say. And if they look at him and really conclusively determine that he doesn't have the arm or doesn't have the decision-making that they're looking for to make the NFL throws, then that's going to come into play. If he drops into the second round there and doesn't have a clear starting job, even sort of in his second season, then that will affect where we see him go in rookie drafts and should, right? So there are going to be some things there that still have to play themselves out as we go through this process. But if you're looking for an early sort of sleeper, if you're doing some of these never too early best ball tournaments, or you're trying to figure out in a Debbie league, how can I trade some of the guys that I already have to maximize what might happen in the NFL draft? Where's the difference between perception and reality as we kind of close this gap over the next couple of months? I like him. So then we jump into Travis's piece and Travis has done a really cool thing here where he's looking at adjusted yards per attempt over expected and then peak rushing yard market share. And what he does with this adjusted metric is really cool. He goes in and he's adjusting for play action and jet motion percentages of the most recent 936 unique FBS quarterback seasons with at least 100 pass attempts, right? So we're looking at these two stats and he says that play action percentage and jet motion account for more than 10% of the variance and pass efficiency measured via AYA in the sample. And so he's kind of adjusting for some of these play calls that skew the numbers that otherwise, you know, we would look at and say, okay, well, I think that that is what really will tell you how well the quarterback played in college. And yet, People are going to say, well, he had a bunch of passes that aren't representative. Travis has gone through and adjusted for that, which is really, really cool here. And then, you know, he gives you this look at the players drafted recently who hit the 90th percentile in his adjusted metric and then the fifth, and then have at least five percent of the team's rushing yards in their peak passing season. And going through and looking at some of the players drafted recently with those numbers, you get Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence, all of them going at number one. We have Zach Wilson in that group, which gives you a little bit of a sense of one of the reasons why he was picked at number two, despite some controversy about that. You've got Justin Herbert in there, you've got Patrick Mahomes. So some of these guys who really blew up once they got to the NFL. And you know, with the case of Herbert and Mahomes, everybody now wants to go back and say, yeah, we saw this coming, but obviously not everybody did. And This is a case here where you have a chance to go, and I'm not saying, again, that there's going to be a Herbert, there's going to be a Mahomes in this draft, but if there are players who are a little bit closer to that, and especially if they're going to be inexpensive in this draft because of the perception, then you have an opportunity here to rebuild at this incredibly important quarterback position. You have the potential to trade into this class because nobody likes it and so again there we look at these numbers and one of the things that we see is that kenny pickett who just had the one really awesome season in his fifth year he jumps out with a 95th percentile a-y-a-o-e and then over 11 percent of his team's rushing yards had a couple of big plays in there maybe not the guy you're expecting to have the big rushing numbers at the nfl level but someone who was extremely successful this last season so The cool thing here, you can go in and Travis gives you the breakdown on these individual guys. There are a couple of sleepers in here that you can look at. And then you can say, Pickett, how does he look compared to... Desmond Ritter, somebody that I have been pretty impressed by and kind of looking through it. Uh, Even in the last week, since we did our draft and rankings, there have been some players who have moved a little bit. And one of the things I think is cool is that some of those guys who have moved for me are guys that Travis was on. And I was skeptical originally. And then you dive into it more and you're like, yeah, I mean, not a huge surprise. Travis was right. Some of these guys have some cool elements to them. So you can compare him to Ritter. You can compare him to the other guys who are sort of projected to go in the first round in terms of coral and willis and you know someone like willis his numbers how do they stack up we know that he faced a little bit easier schedule we know that he is the guy with this massive range of outcomes i think when you dive into the numbers here it'll help you fill out your understanding of these players and so I had a great time going through the QB analysis we will jump into the running backs and the wide receivers a little bit more later in the week but Colm, I know you've had a chance to kind of start your research here still in the middle of, of reading through the rookie guide it, it's been a lot of fun hasn't it
1: oh yeah it's awesome and, and I always openly say that you know it's this time of the year where I start to Look at the the college prospects and the college guys. It, it isn't an area that I follow during the season, so this is a an automatic win for me <laughs> to kickstart. And you mentioned, you know, Travis. Um, uh, it was exciting during the week as well. I was messaging Travis a little bit about some you know podcast content that he's planned around the draft and that. So anything that uh, Travis is coming out around these college players is is must listen. So looking forward to to getting him on some of those shows, but also looking forward to reading through the rest of the rookie guide i did touch on it at the start i i think it you know in terms of looks it just looks phenomenal but um you know whether you're reading this on a mobile device or whether you're reading it on a computer it just is so streamlined looks fantastic if you want to head on over you can go to the link that'll be in the description of today's show I'll take you directly to it or you can go to rotowiz.com and it is linked up in the top uh kind of bar section off the site but sean i i think it's You know, this year maybe more so than any year, I think there's going to be value there. I know as we get closer to the draft, more prospects will be discussed, and you know people get more familiar with the names and people move up draft boards. But this year, more than any year in the past, you'll always hear about future years and how things are going to, you know, how good the prospects are in the following year. But I do think the 2022 class is going to be one that's overlooked a little bit, and I think that that means that there's going to be kind of opportunities to identify some players in the market. I think there's going to be efficiency there and i think like you were touching if you're trying to rebuild a team or get that edge with a team that's already really pushing into a strong position i think this is a year where people might overlook the talent and um, that's going to give you some major upside so i would highly recommend anyone head on over sign up get your edition it is volume one there's going to be three volumes you'll be well and truly set up for the 2022 NFL season, this one, then Sean, I believe the next date that the next one will drop will be just after the NFL draft, or is it just after the combine? Correct me on that one.
2: Volume two will come out after the combine. So we'll have all of the updates in terms of athleticism. And obviously you don't want to overestimate some of these things we know or overestimate the importance of them. We know that teams will overdraft speed and even to the point where sometimes the speed in some of these projections will actually look like a negative because the teams have overdrafted it by so much. And yet we do want guys who have NFL size speed. You know, you want the Tyreek Hill. Do you want the Jamar chases, not just from the perspective of what they've done on the field, but being able to to create those big highlights. And so, Yeah, the the Combine is a blast. We'll have a whole bunch of of updates there for you and give you a a chance to see kind of how these players match up with historical players who, you know, hopefully also have similar numbers from a production perspective. One of the things that I always think is interesting is when you have these comps where they'll show you that player A was similar to player B, and yet the one big difference is one of those guys was a star in college and the other one was unproductive. You are like, it doesn't really matter that those two guys are similarly athletic. And so we'll be looking at those types of elements after the first uh, update, you know, so after the combine there, and then volume three will be after the NFL draft. We'll come out right after the draft and give you a look at what we think rookie drafts are going to now look like since we know where people are being drafted. So we'll have those three volumes, all of them, a lot of fun, new updates for each of them. It's just a great time to well, I'd say be alive, but a great time to be a fantasy football player as we go through this portion of the dynasty season. It's, it's an absolute blast.
1: Yeah, being alive is always an advantage, so hopefully that'll, <laughs> that'll continue as well for everybody. But um, the last thing, Sean, we'll just touch on it briefly. Um, we'll probably dive into this more later in the week. There'll be more information coming out. But uh, we did have Tom Brady announce his retirement. No doubt about it, one of the all-time greats of the NFL. I don't think any words could probably – do it justice in terms of what he has done for me he has been in the AFC for the majority of his career actually the last couple of years so it's never really impacted me on a season to season basis Uh, but Tom Brady has you know kind of always felt a bit like the, the boogeyman I guess we'll say and then obviously he goes to the Buccaneers he knocks the Packers out in the conference championship last year and that kind of adds to it he goes on then wins a Super Bowl by beating the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes so you kind of done us dirty last year Sean I have to say in, in both of those two games but uh, an incredible career but my immediate feeling seems more like relief than uh, than anything else how are you feeling about Brady no longer being in the NFL and I listed out a list of some of the guys who have retired over the last kind of 12 to 24 months there is definitely I think a change in the yard but you also hinted at it I think we're in in really good shape with with some of these young superstars and some of the guys that are in the draft uh guide i'm sure in two or three years will be on that cohort as well
2: yeah i i mean i'm, I'm glad for him right because it sounded like it was mostly a family decision that if yeah. it were purely up to him you know he would have played until 50 <sighs> and I, it, it's too bad that health does come into play in such a big way with the nfl i mean the one real sort of dark portion of the nfl or the sort of dark undercurrent is just that it is something that is very risky for the players. And we do want everybody's health to be protected as much as possible. And so when people retire early, you know, like a Barry Sanders or a Calvin Johnson, then even if you, I mean, this, that double blow for Lions fans was just so hard to take, but uh, when people have done what they feel like is appropriate for them and then leave, I think you have to be happy for them, protecting their health as much as they can. The situation here with Brady I think even if you don't like him there's kind of this element where you know he's a fun foil and the the Buccaneers were a good villain and those types of storylines were also fun now you know did I appreciate the Chiefs losing to the villains last year in the Super Bowl I mean that was that was pretty rough that's not what you're necessarily looking to do but I wouldn't have minded if the Chiefs could have gotten back and beaten them in the Super Bowl this year I think from a competitive standpoint and from a storyline standpoint it's just again it's unfortunate that health does come into play because otherwise it would have been cool for brady to see how long he could do it right you, you talk about going out on a high note and he kind of mentioned that in his you know, retirement remarks but i also really appreciate the players who kind of fight to the last breath and that, that kind of was was his personal goal and just he got to the point where it, it probably didn't make sense but in in terms of of stories you know he's still there 47 48 you know fighting away and you know frankly you know he probably was going to look younger at you know 47 48 than Brett Favre did at 37 38 and so at some point it would have been cool to see like the Brett Favre you know silver-haired and and grizzled version of of Tom Brady and you know can he still do it as a 50 year old especially when the NFL needs quarterbacks. I think that that would have been fun. So from this perspective, it's a disappointment to me that he can't keep going. You know, and it's fun to have guys to root against. I would have loved to see him playing at 49, 50 and just rooting against him every game. But no, I understand why he had to, to retire and a phenomenal career. One of the reasons that Mahomes and the Chiefs losing this game on Sunday was such a blow is that Mahomes seems like the one guy, right? Who could really potentially get close to some of these marks i mean it's so tempting to look at what Brady's done and say it's absolutely impossible because it hasn't happened in the past and yet people continue to e- evolve in terms of training methods and in terms of different types of preparation if you have the right guy with the right coach and one of the things again that we've seen with andy Reid is does he make some mistakes sure but he took eagles teams that frankly weren't that good consistently to the NFC championship game. If you're saying that he couldn't do the same thing with a much better Chiefs team, I mean, he can, right? I mean, they could be there a lot of times and Mahomes has a shot at Brady. And listeners know that I'm a big tennis fan. Probably a lot of listeners are not nearly as interested in it as I am. But one of the reasons that I it was almost like a, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was very amped up for this Chiefs game, but I was also sort of emotionally exhausted because I just spent a huge chunk of the day watching Rafael Nadal win his 21st Grand Slam title and break the tie with Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic. And Obviously Djokovic not there because he didn't meet the requirements to get into Australia. And so that was a big story for this. And Nadal has this opportunity with Djokovic not there to be the guy who breaks the record. And yet to do that, he had to get through the guy who was clearly playing the best tennis at the time. And it had a two sets to love lead on him. And then he has to battle back in a match that lasts over five hours to beat the best current player in the world outside of Djokovic. But the one guy sort of with Djokovic, who's really separated. I mean, Nadal was a big underdog in this match because his opponent there, uh, Daniil Medvedev is just simply better at this point. And so you've got to come from two sets to love down against a superior opponent and at the brink of absolute exhaustion, you know, now that they have, instituted the serve clock and the guys have to get up there and serve after they've gone through these 30 shot rallies. I mean, it's just, it's a brutal physical endeavor that I think probably, you know, even a lot of tennis fans don't quite understand what it is like. And so for an adult to have done that, when you look at where Roger Federer was at one point in his career and you look at everybody else and the idea that you could now have these three tennis players who were at 21, 20 and 20 for grand slam titles, when Pete Sampras this Mark, you know, and that 14 range seemed unbeatable just a handful of years before this idea that with guys like Mahomes and Allen and Jackson and, you know, Burrow and Herbert and those types of players that somebody couldn't emerge and do some similar things. I mean, I think they possibly could. And, and we're thinking, OK, well, the AFC is so stacked that it's going to be impossible for them to do it. And one of the things just with Brady and the Patriots is there was no true foil, And so in part, Brady was able to accomplish those things kind of like Federer was able to accomplish getting out to the big lead before Nadal and Djokovic really came on the scene, but Nadal and Djokovic had to do it and had to catch up while those other guys were there, right? And so it's even with the fact that we have all of these elite AFC QBs, the idea that one or two of them couldn't then fight through and accomplish extraordinary things over the next decade. You know, I don't think it's impossible. I'm not saying it's likely or it's going to happen. I mean, one of the things, again, is that the storyline that we've had over the last, say, 15 years in men's tennis is probably the most underrated storyline in all of sports history in terms of what those guys have done. And so for that to happen in a different sport, I mean, yeah, it's unlikely, but isn't it impossible? And it is impossible if we get great coaching and great physical play and then great mental toughness from these guys. I mean, you're going to have to see incredible offseason preparation and then mental toughness in a variety of different areas as they go through, you know, this next decade. But, you know, could we see some transcendent QB play? I think we could.
1: Yeah, I hope so. And uh, it is going to be challenging. Uh, something I think is going to be interesting to watch is Brady obviously played to this point. I don't even know if he thought that he would still be as in, in such, you know, good physical condition and playing at such a high level. When he got to this point, like when he, remember maybe seven, eight years ago, he said he wanted to play in his 40s. People were like, nah, that's not going to happen. And then like he's at this point and we're like, probably doesn't need to retire. He's playing so well. But, um, you know, obviously there's those advances. But I wonder, he obviously wants to play, like wanted to play on like that. There is going to be an interesting thing with guys like Patrick Mahomes when you, know, you get to 38 and you have, a billion dollars in your bank account you're still going to want to go so it's going to be interesting from a different perspective uh, Brady always had that extra chip on the shoulder throughout the early portion of his career and uh, I, I think it's going to be fascinating and I, I think uh, you know the the reference to tennis is actually a really interesting comparison but yeah shout out to Roger Federer and uh, Roger or Nadal who have just been <laughs> insane sportsmen over their careers um yeah, Amazing to see what they can do. Such uh, athletic specimens, I guess, in terms of their careers. But um, we will wrap it up there, Sean. Um, we will tie things in a bow. And uh, again, as I mentioned, the, the link to the Rookie Guide will be in today's show notes if you want to get a quick access to that. Uh, Head on over as well, subscribe to the RotoViz YouTube channel. Uh, We would appreciate if you can click that subscribe button. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, as well, you can save yourself 10% off a RotoViz NFL pass. Add the code RVRadio2022 at checkout. For more information, you can also go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. We will be back on Thursday with another edition of the show. We will have our Saturday show as well. Be sure to subscribe to both this feed and the other Rotoviz feeds uh, as we continue to put out great content throughout the NFL season. Myself and Sean plan to keep our schedule throughout the offseason. We'll have some steaming bananas coming your way. And uh Curtis and Dave at the flagship show are planning three shows a week coming your way as well. So get subscribed, get all the content. We will keep it going. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Marlin. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Make sure you're following Make sure to check out Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another podcast, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Roadaviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Viz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.